Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take. Week 11. Yep. You got it right this week. Nice work. Thanks. I tried hard. 10 episodes under the belt. That's that's a saying, right? Under the belt. I don't know if it's this type of context in which you say it, but sure, we'll go with it. I think that's right. 10 episodes under the belt, and Rachel and I were just talking literally before we pressed record and wondering if it's time to not overturn the apple cart, but just shake things up a little bit, you know, kind of jostle the apple cart, so to speak, because Rachel was just observing, and I can let you observe this, but not every week has clear highs and lows. Yeah, I feel like we're starting to get to the point with him that some of it's just a week. It's just life with Oliver. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard to single out a high and a low. There's still always things that happen, though. Later in the episode, we'll talk about a new segment that we're going to introduce, and we're going to combine highs and lows into a segment I call Something of Note. I just tried that title out on Rachel for the first time. What do you think? Kind of works can't call it a highlight because what if it's a low light yeah you could call it highs and lows i guess but if we're not contributing both a high and a low then that feels a little strange we'll just pick one each week a high or a low something of note something of note all right let's dive in rachel gets the last word so now i have to pick well i think my something of note this week is actually going to be a low people knew this was coming if you've listened to episode 10 But Monday night was Rachel's last night of maternity leave. And it was a low for a number of reasons. But about 4 o'clock hit, I said, is there time for me to clean the shower? Which is something that really needed to happen. And suddenly a dam broke loose of processing the reality that it was Rachel's last night. And it wasn't a low because there was much to process, which there was a lot to process. It was a low because I felt like I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and I felt bad in a number of ways that I wasn't hadn't kind of done a good job of helping mark that moment for you, Rachel. And it just felt like one of those, I mean, everyone has these sort of spousal failures, these moments where it's like, that would have been such an obvious thing to do that would have made you feel loved and cared for. And it just never crossed my mind to mark the last night of your maternity leave. So I don't feel like I need to apologize on air because we've already talked about this and talked it through. That's a real low moment. And I think you also had, not necessarily with going back to work to process, but just a lot of kind of the current situation and in Northern California where it's been so smoky and we've been shut up inside and there was just a lot that kind of bubbled to the surface for both of us. But that was really a low in the week. For me that's very sweet of you that you felt that yeah i felt it i felt so bad i mean i don't think it was obvious it does seem maybe strange to some people that you would celebrate the end of something like a maternity leave but for me it was more the marking it felt like okay we're about to turn the corner this is a big transition for us and for me i think acknowledging transitions is a big deal yeah, I didn't feel like you were saying, why aren't we having a party or anything? But the the fact that I hadn't thought about marking that moment did feel like a pretty big oversight knowing you like I do. Yeah, I mean, I like to, yeah, acknowledge. And there, I think every time 
life is so clearly changing. It doesn't always happen in a very distinct way. But when it does, it feels to me like, yeah, we should acknowledge that. There's usually something to grieve of that season. Even if it's not the best season, there's still usually something that you know is going to change. And it's going to be a loss with the change. different. And I think that's more what it is for me. And so even after being able to talk about it was really helpful. Just, yeah, making it a moment. Yeah. Which I don't know if our conversation made it a moment. I mean, kind of. I do distinctively remember it as a moment, but it didn't really become a moment moment. Did we do anything? Did we go get frozen yogurt? Well, we went to McDonald's. Remember, we went to multiple McDonald's because I needed to put gas in your car for the next day. So we're like, let's go out and do something. Let's get out of the house, do something. So we go get gas. Then we go to a McDonald's. And, oh, this is actually good to bring up because... I mean, listeners will be as fascinated as I was by this experience. We go into the drive-thru and we're going to get two ice cream cones. And they say, sir, I'm very sorry. We have no ice cream. We're out of soft serve. Our and whole we- ice cream machine is broken or yeah, out I don't of know service, what the story whatever. Was exactly. And so we were now, a car just pulled in behind me in the drive-thru. So we're stuck. Oliver does not like to be in the car when it's stopped. So he's now screaming in the back. We're locked in though. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll just pull through. There's nothing else we want. And so we wait a minute, then we pull around the corner and there's three cars in front of us. And then the first car gets their food and drives off. And then the two cars in front of us also just proceed to drive through they also must have asked for ice cream products exclusively and so three of us just drive through and drive off and as we drove off i was like i I really hope that person behind me did not order anything with ice cream so has no clue why three cars just drove through the mcdonald's drive-through didn't buy anything just for kicks just for kicks didn't get anything but yeah that was the way i guess we marked the moment then we went off to another McDonald's. In which we did get ice cream. Where we did get ice cream cones. So it was a real kind of uh, escapade. But yeah, I guess we kind of marked the moment a little bit. It was something. It was an adventure. Kind of a suburban adventure, I guess. Suburban COVID adventure. But yeah, that was my load. The ice cream part was not. That was very intriguing that that happened at McDonald's. Felt like the odds were so against us. But that was exciting. But the low was kind of realizing I should have planned the McDonald's drive through ahead of time. How about you? What was something of note? Yeah, so I went back to work this week, which in of itself was not really a low. I I don't know if I would say I was super eager to go back. I really enjoyed my time at home with Oliver. But I was looking forward to going back, so that wasn't necessarily a low. But what was a low was having to be on a timed schedule again. (laughs) Because for the last 12 weeks, at least on maternity leave, my time, my clock is all based around Oliver. It is Oliver's Mm -hmm. timing system. And because of COVID and because lots of other things, just also having a newborn, we haven't made a ton of plans. And so really there have been very few things in which we've said, okay, we're going to be there at nine o'clock and we're really going to try to get there by that time. And so it was very strange this week to, okay, I need to be in at work at this time and then I'll get home at this time. Yeah. And it was just whiplash of having to do that again after months of not having to think that way about time 
and it's probably good. I mean, that's how the rest of life is, you know, regimented. But there's been something very sweet about lazy mornings with Oliver, just laying in the bed with him, really just responding to him. And so it was a low to lose that and kind of have to be back on the world's schedule again. You seem to do it very naturally. It didn't seem that hard for you. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of you to say. It, it wasn't as hard as I maybe anticipated it could have been, but it's still... I mean, I guess that was not mean, my favorite. Yeah, thing. it doesn't mean it's fun, even if you're able to execute it well. But I was quite impressed with your planning night before and things like that. Yeah, that's the key. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> so we both to our first something of note segment brought lows. Yep. Starting off strong. Oh, let's stay committed to the form. Not feel like we need to balance things out this week. There's other things that might balance things out. Let's move on to some takes some takes go for it matt okay my take is this i did not think that it was a feasible thing to watch television shows or movies in chunks that just felt incredibly annoying why would you ever do that if you don't have time to watch something fully don't watch it at all and yet obviously suddenly there's this person in our home who can interrupt what we're doing at any time for not any reason but you know one of four or five reasons and that sometimes requires pausing and resuming sometimes even quite a bit later and i found you know what it's actually not a big deal at all you can be that kind of person it's actually shockingly easy which the more i think about it the more strange it was that i kind of felt that way because i've always loved to read and when do you ever read a novel in one sitting at least i almost never do that i'm not a fast reader so it's not even really feasible even if i had a chunk of time that's a good point but for some reason i just had that hang up about shows and movies and i've just found oh it's no it's no problem at all to pause and come back in fact it kind of elongates the pleasure of the experience so that is a take that i think to me, 12 weeks ago would have been a spicy, hot take. <laughs> that is true, because there were times where I had tried to convince you, oh, we could watch part of a movie in the morning. No way. Then we have to go do this, but then we can finish it later, and you were always against it. But no, now but, you've turned the corner. Yeah. I I feel like I'm a convert. I'm on the other side. Suddenly, the world has opened up in terms of the possibilities of television and movie watching, because you can watch it in parts. and. I mean, I'm sure there's probably, you know, some film people out there who create these things who think that's a horrible, mutilating way to experience their art. But you know what? To them, I say, too bad. I think it works. We have a kid. We have a kid. <laughs> it is the reality. Anyway, that's my take. That's a great take. Thank you. Thank you for always saying that my takes are great. You're welcome. I, really I appreciate, appreciate I appreciate that information. I appreciate you. <laughs> what, what's your great take? <laughs> my great take is that... I wonder if there's any child psychologist out there listening who could tell me the impact. Of the many child psychologists <laughs> who listen to this podcast. Who we know. We wonder if any one of you. Go ahead. Who could tell me the impact of nicknames on a child. Because we have a plethora of nicknames for Oliver. And I sometimes wonder, is he ever going to know his real name? <laughs> <laughs> Like, is he going to go to school and not respond to Oliver? Because for the four years before he went to school, we've called him 10 different names on a given day. 
Sometimes I wonder this. Matt and I are both nickname people. I don't know if I was always a nickname person, but I remember when Matt and I were very early on dating, maybe the first week or so. We're driving in the car, Matt's parents' minivan to Bible study or something, and he turns to me and he goes, so, are we going to have nicknames for each other? And I don't quite know how to respond. I wish you could see Rachel's face right there. Her face kind of fell into a frustrated puzzled look as she said that go ahead that was my internal emotions in that moment and i thought i have no idea and he listed off all these nicknames some of which i was not the biggest fan of or did not immediately accept throughout the course of our dating and married life but have come to grow really fond of all these (laughs) nicknames and so i have been also transformed to be a nickname person and I love having nicknames for Oliver. Ollie, we call him other names that are not just variations of his name. And those are the ones that concern me. My latest Is favorite, he going to know who he is? One of my latest favorite ones is Oliver. Oliver? Oliver. <laughs> I don't know why that alone makes me laugh. I, I, I don't know what to say. These nicknames, they just flow out of me. I, I can't be around you or him for any length of time and not start calling you both something that's not your name it's true when was the last time you called me rachel i don't know i think this very episode <laughs> just i mean i think we could timestamp it about nine minutes ago i referred to you as rachel but well this is in a public setting grant granted that was probably for our listening child psychologist rather than for you but yeah i will say we the two of us at least don't often use the nicknames out in public it's very contained to our personal relationship with each other and I feel the same way with Oliver a little bit, but... Other than that one time, Sam and Kelly, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, sometimes you just want to make sure that you text the right person oh boy. an intimate nickname. <laughs> oh, boy. Intimate is the wrong word to use. It, that That's going to give people all the wrong idea. We're not going to share what the nickname was. It wasn't intimate. It was just a little uncomfortable to share with other people. Anyway. Let's do the new segment. Let's do the new segment on that note. No, I want to. I would just want to say, I think the nicknames are not going to be damaging. Okay, that's good. Because I think over time, some of the nicknames will pass away into being infant nicknames and they won't continue. Sure. And I think some of the ones become special family names and then that becomes a really special identity marker. And then he will know that his name is Oliver because everyone will call him Oliver. His teacher will call his name role and all those kinds of things I'm, I'm not worried about it as, as listeners you know I'm a medical expert okay I'm probably also now a child psychology expert obviously this isn't gonna mess him up you're folks. saying it's fine it's fine don't it's worry about it <laughs> oh, if anyone else has an opinion on the matter we're happy to take <laughs> we're it we're happy to hear about it all right let's move on to the the new segment this this segment has a special name too. If something of note is maybe our name for the beginning, we'll see if that sticks. I don't know. But I like the name of this segment and it's called I'm Not Just a Parent. And the idea behind this is partly inspired by some conversation we had last night with some friends. Our friends Andre and Becky, both friends of the pod. Andre's been on Mailbag for a while and we got to hang out with them, which was really nice. But just having conversation with them that was sometimes about Oliver, but not only about Oliver. And he wasn't there. And it was just like, right, we're not just parents. It's a big part of our life, but it's not the whole part of our life. And so we thought, granted, we talk about Tim's Take podcast being often about our journey as parents, but we're not just parents. 
So this segment, we're going to bring something from our lives that's not just about us being parents. So I guess I go first. Yep. It could be anything. It could be something we've learned. It could be something we've enjoyed. It could be, yeah, anything along those lines, but not really a take, if that makes sense. So the thing that I'm going to bring, my, I'm not just a parent, is I feel like I've had to have talked about this on this podcast before, but my love for this Amazon Prime show, World's Toughest Race, Eco Challenge, Fiji. Have we talked about that on the podcast? Does that come up at all? I think you've talked about it in a sermon, but not on the podcast. Well, obviously I'm talking about it in every possible medium. This is an adventure race, which is basically an endurance race, but it's through the jungle and they row through the open ocean at times. They have to scale waterfalls. It's incredible. It's hosted by Bear Grylls and it's produced by Mark Burnett, who's also one of the producers of survivor also more controversially one of the producers of the apprentice and there's some whole kind of backstory there which we don't have to get into but this particular production had a real survivor vibe like some of the music and some of the slow motions and camera angle hyper saturation of the colors but oh my goodness the stories this show we laughed we cried Whew, did we ever we didn't almost sign up for a world's toughest race but we did ask along with nathan the captain of the new zealand team what is my toughest race and it was inspiring oh man it's so good yeah. it's so good and actually was originally recommended to us by andre and becky andre and becky so thanks Friends guys the <laughs> so huge shout out double shout out there yeah but watching that had nothing to do with being a parent other than thinking maybe Oliver and I could be one of these father-son adventure race teams one day. Not realistic. Despite but. Matt really disliking the outdoors. <laughs> okay. But you never know. There's still time. Oliver's young. Listen, I don't dislike the outdoors. Partly the outdoors dislikes me. Mosquitoes really like my blood type. Okay? So that's part of my problem. And also I like being clean. And the outdoors doesn't like to keep you clean. But I am working through that and becoming more of an outdoorsman. I went hiking and by hiking, I mean walking on a paved path in an outdoor setting just last week, as listeners will know. Adventure Race 2035. <laughs> anyway, what's your I'm not just a parent? I'm not just a parent. My I'm not just a parent for this week is also another television series. We have been working our way from the last couple months through what some may call one of the best television shows of all time. It's, it's up there. It's on the top 10 lists. The West Wing. Oh, man. Whew, which really also puts you through your paces. And I just was reflecting at how it was such a capture of time. We watched it in a span of a couple of months, but it really felt like we had been watching it for years. And mm. Matthew pointed out to me, it's because there were seven seasons filmed almost over eight years, two terms of a presidency. And so those characters grew and they changed and the actors and actresses changed like over eight years. And it just felt like you were watching that in real time. It's a very inspiring thing to watch something that is true in life. We do have a White House. We have all these people who are making the country run. And at the same time, I feel so far removed from that and ever being able to live a life that looks like that. In one of the final episodes, the president is leaving on his second term. He's going out and his wife goes to him and says, when was the last time you answered a phone or drove a car? And it's like, what 
what a world that must be for eight years to not do any of that yourself because you're leading America. It's just kind of mind-blowing. And I love television that can pull you into that and make you somewhat empathetic to that and also just marvel at how different of lives we all lead. We were having a conversation with some people today, and Rachel did at one time launch into a, a speech. I mean, a speech is a little unfair, but she started saying some things that were, yeah, inspiring and optimistic, kind of had the tone of some of the show. And afterwards, I just started doing the West Wing theme song because I was like, <laughs> wow, this has just really gotten into your blood. And I think actually a positive way overall, we need inspiring things. So whether it's slogging through the mud of the Fijian hills or aspirational political world of the West Wing, inspiration is good. Yep. And it gives you all hope for a world in which Oliver lives in. Full of good people trying to do good things sometimes. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. The segment is I'm not just a parent, <laughs> Rachel. Don't tie it back. Fine, you're right. You're right. I just enjoyed this as myself, no, Rachel. It's a fair point. The boundaries, of course, all blur. Well, I think that's it. That's our new segment. No mailbag this week. You know? Always email us at timstake at gmail.com. Lines are always open. If you have a I'm not just a parent segment yourself oh yeah we're happy to hear kind of your recommendations yeah absolutely anything really well this episode was only interrupted by oliver twice for those who like to keep track at home it's a pretty good tally maybe you heard him maybe you didn't uh, it's kind of the easter egg in each episode if you can hear a little squawk from that boy but i think that's it it was a good week it was a good week even though we only show the lows in something of note well on that note see what i did there see it. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that's your Tim's Take.